Hello, and welcome once again to the Couch Potato Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas, as him and I sit down to talk about 2007 Superbad. So, coming up after the trailer, Superbad. It's Carrie Hutchins. Yeah, I heard she got breast reduction surgery. What? It's like slapping God across the face. She had back problems, man. Meet Seth. Do you have any bigger clothes, or do you only shop at Baby Gap? Evan. And Fogo. Check it. My brand new fake ID. Doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. Yeah. Great name. <laughs> it is. It just rolls off the tongue. Sounds like a sexy hamburger. Three lifelong friends that are about to go their separate ways. You know when you hear a girl saying like, oh, I was so gone last night. I shouldn't have slept with that guy. We could be that mistake. From the guys who brought you the 40-year-old virgin. Break yourself, fool. Shit. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> How bad? We just need to think this out. Forget thinking, we need to act. Ah! Whoa, Seth! Do you want it? Seth. Do you have a condo? I got a boner. <laughs> Super bad. McLovin! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> nice! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I'm Russ, and joining me as always is Lucas. Lucas, what's going on, man? No, you know, just trying to get this cursed episode of the broadcast or the podcast off the uh, off the ground. Yeah, well, this is our second go around trying to do this, uh, having Skype issues earlier. That's how we do our chat. Uh, shut off midway through uh, a sentence, and we were trying to figure out a way to have uh, the first lady of the Couch Potato Podcast, Jen, on. But we, uh, of course, it wouldn't be a an episode of our show without some kind of technical issue. That is correct. Because uh, we just need to hire, like, I don't know, like a 10-year-old kid to just come and do, like, set up everything and make sure everything's on the up and up. I'm sure they could do a much better job than we could. More than likely, yeah. Yeah. Well, on this week's episode, uh, we're going to do Super Bad, which is an episode that has been long requested by one of our five loyal listeners, Joey from Springfield, Ohio. He won a contest that we ran back in, what was that, July? Where we were asking <laughs> people to, uh, if you left us a five-star review, you would uh, had an opportunity to, uh, you know, you could, like, do a, suggest a movie, and we would do it as an episode. Uh, only two people <laughs> gave us reviews, which I guess apparently wasn't a great idea of a, as a contest. Uh, we did Friday the 13th Part 2 back in October from uh, our that winter gauge, and then uh, Joey selected Superbad and couldn't figure out a good time to do it, so we decided to do it today. Sir! So, so Superbad is the episode this week, and Joey, we hope you enjoy it, and we hope all of you guys enjoy this one too. I mean, this is an awesome movie. I don't see why not. Uh, Lucas, when was the first time you seen Superbad? Oh, probably like six, seven, eight years ago. I'm not sure. I didn't see it in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got pressured by said Joey to watch it, and then I finally did. Yeah, uh, me and the uh, Jen, we uh, when we were just a a young couple that were uh, in love with one another before she got married and eventually realized that she made a huge, huge mistake. But it's too late. <laughs> Uh, her and I went seen this in the movie theaters when it first came out. I, I think it was the weekend after the Born, I think it was the Born Ultimatum had come out the week before. Because uh, usually August is like a dumping ground for like the summer movies. You might get one decent one, and then the, they just dump the rest of the shit just to get it out. But I remember August of this year was really really good. I just can't remember if this was. I don't remember whether this is. Uh, Born was before this one or after this one? I'm not sure, but I'll look it up for you real quick. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if I do recall, you did not like Superbad originally, though, right? I was not the biggest fan of it, no. Uh, you care to go into any detail why you didn't like it this first time? Uh, you know, it was hyped up a lot for me um, by pretty much anybody I talked to. And then I watched it, and I don't know if I was just expecting something different of it or what, but I just wasn't as blown away as I had hoped to be. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that makes really, that's really all it was. I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, like there are movies that, or just anything in general, if it gets uh, too blown up out of proportion, just and if it, it's almost like it can't meet the standards. You know, even no matter how good it is. So, right. I personally loved it, um, and it just got me to thinking when uh, I was watching this last night. Um, the twentieth or the twenty first century comedies. Uh, Last few years have kind of been very dry. There hasn't really been a lot coming out, but I remember the early to mid two thousands was just an absolute murderer's row of just great, great comedy movies, and it just got me thinking: uh, where would you put Superbad amongst the top comedies of this this century? Uh, I would put it in my top fifteen. Um, I don't think it would crack my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the the first recording of this that is lost to the wind now. Um, I actually was looking up a lot of the comedies from the two thousands and it's just like you said, it's a murderer's row. Like I totally forgot little Nikki came out in 2000. Um, I love that movie. Put that above this as far as uh, comedies go. And I was just looking at all of them. So I'd say probably top 15, but not top 10. Yeah. I actually thought of a couple more. Uh, while we were doing this, um, I obviously for me number one, it's probably my favorite comedy from this this century's Anchorman. You do I, love Anchorman. I think a this lot. is that's the standard bear for the the comedies of this century. Um, let's see, uh, I completely forgot about Tropic Thunder. I know Tropic Thunder. There's a lot of stuff in Tropic Thunder that hasn't aged very well. And a lot of stuff in Tropic Thunder, it's extremely inappropriate. But there's still a lot of really great stuff in there. Uh, that I one, I honestly don't think it's any more inappropriate than this. <laughs> than Super Bad. That's true. Uh, Super Bad is still really, really good. Uh, the Hangover is another one. Uh, the Hangover is one of the one the movies that like I. I know for a fact. I laughed so hard I was in tears at some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Step Brothers is another great one. Uh, forgetting Sarah Mar- Judd Apatow, anything Judd Apatow put his handprints on in this decade is golden. Right. But, yeah, I'd say Superbad's probably my top five. Uh, I mean, like, I watched it last night. It's still hysterical. I I have – I did laugh a bit more this time watching it. Um, I think this is only the second or third time I've even watched it. But while I was watching it, I did laugh a bit more. There were some things that had me laughing out loud. Right. I know for me, like, I, that was kind of like a representation of, like, my high school years. That's pretty much when I was in high school. That's all I was about. Me and my friends. And, like, I think uh, the, the Jonah Hill character is, like, kind of a combination of the two guys that I hung out with the most in high school. <laughs> So I think that's kind of why I like it a little bit, and I think I kind of relate more to the uh, the Michael Sarah character. Oh yeah, that's uh, kind of how I think I was more in high school than the Jonah Hill. So I think just the fact that I kind of relate to that story a little bit more is probably one of the reasons why I like it so much. Yeah, I was I was more about well, I mean, I guess I guess I was kind of like that too, but just minus the drinking, I didn't do. Any drinking when I was in high school? Oh, dude, I that's I was all about partying though. Uh, there was uh, I can't tell you how many different ways. Well, luckily for me, I had a friend that was a couple of years older, and uh, for some reason, the grocery store he worked at they thought he was like twenty two years old when he wasn't. <laughs> he was like a year and a half older than I was, so he was able just to go into the store and buy beer whenever he wanted. <laughs> And then by proxy, I was able to go in and buy it a lot because I, outside of a more gray, I kind of, and a lot more hair, I kind of looked the same. Yeah. I could, I could grow a beard. So, like, if I had a beard, like, I had no issues buying beer from them as well. <laughs> so, by proxy, I was able to go in and buy alcohol. There's a gro- this one particular store because my friend worked there and they thought he was 22. So, what was it like the first time you went in to buy alcohol? Oh, Wait, I, were you as nervous as I, McLovin? Oh, dude, I was like, I was like, fuck, they're going to call the cops on me. And 
I mean, luckily for me, when I bought it, like nobody came in and robbed the grocery store. Like what happened in this? But, <laughs> but then, yeah, then after that, like I could just go in there and like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy a six pack of fucking Miller Lite. And, okay, cool. Here's, here's your change. Have a nice day. <laughs> That's awesome. And then after that grocery store shut down, it became extremely difficult till I got to be 21. Had to plot it out, find a homeless guy. Although it does remind me of a funny story. We, uh, a friend of mine had just turned 21 and we were, th- we were having a party at a, my cousin's house. And <laughs> I know the story. We, we asked him to go into the liquor store and buy some tequila and some other stuff. And he goes into the, uh, <laughs> he goes into the liquor store and asks for a 40 ounce of tequila. And I just <laughs> fucking face palm, like, oh fuck, like we're screwed now. And then another thing, like the lady that worked at the liquor store thought I went to school with her, uh, her son and her son at this point was like 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like 20. So, oh yeah. I was like, I remember him. How's he doing? Tell him I said hi. And then every time after that, I go to the liquor store without an ID and buy liquor if I wanted to. (laughs) Oh man. All right, well, hey, you ready to start some categories? You ready to dig into this? I am, although I was enjoying story time with Russ. Well, maybe we'll make that like a an offshoot, like a, just a, like in the middle of the week something, just like a little five-minute interlude. Kind of like, you know, the old... Like a bonus behind the scenes of yeah, this like, episode. Yeah, like you, you bought like a rap CD in like the 90s. They always had that little two-minute interlude, like some kind of funny story or skit happening. Yeah. Like the Marshall Mathers stuff, the Eminem, like the, I know I remember like the the Ken Kniff from Connecticut, <laughs> Paul Rosenberg. Yeah. All right. Well, the tale of the tape, Super Bad, was released on August the seventeenth, two thousand and seven. And by the way, the Born Ultimatum was August third, two thousand seven. Okay, so it was a couple weeks before. So yeah, that was a that was a bang in August that year for the movies because yeah, they don't put out movies. Like, well, right now the pandemic's kind of wiped. Like, summer movie season hasn't been the same in a couple of years, but it used to be everything came out in uh, May, June, and July, then August, which is like you might get one movie that was big, mm-hmm. and the rest of it was just kind of shitty. And then I think this started a trend because I think the following year was Tropic Thunder and Pineapple Express were in August. Which you already know the story about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you've listened to the Role Models episode, well, you can find out what Lucas is talking about. Um, but, yeah, anyways, Super Bad released on August the 17th, 2007. This stars Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Emma Stone, Christopher Mintz Plossy. Is that how we decided that we're pronouncing his name? Yes. Okay. Probably we fucked it up probably, but you know what? It wouldn't be an episode hey. of our show without it. You know what? If he likes the show, he's free to... You know, come in here and correct us. Yeah, what was his character's name in uh, Kick-Ass? Wasn't he like uh, the Red Bastard or something? Or Oh, no, he was the motherfucker. That's right, the yeah. motherfucker. Well, if the motherfucker wants to come on, I'm more than happy <laughs> to have him on. Um, this also stars Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. Directed by Greg Matola. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 87% from critics and 87% from audiences. Box office was $170 million on a $20 million budget. Made some cash. Yeah, which wasn't that the budget for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Something like that. And that, that was in 89. This is in 2000. And, that was in 88. This is 2007. Yeah, I think what, what it was 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, This did not win any awards, and you can currently stream this on the cock. Get on the cock. Yeah, get on the cock right now. You can stream super bad. You can watch uh, Men's Luge on the cock. The <laughs> alternate uh, stream of Super Bowl 56 on the cock. You can just, you can get a lot of stuff on the cock. You can take it all in on the cock. The whole thing. The whole thing. 
Cock's not, pretty not just not just the tip of the episodes, the whole thing. Yeah, the cock's pretty big when it comes to programming and stuff. <laughs> it's a big cock. Yeah, it's a big yeah, big app. Um the Detective Somerset uh research corner. I know uh Lucas and I usually will share notes before we start recording just so we kind of don't have the same stuff and uh when I Lucas shared his notes with me, he pretty much cherry picked everything that I had written down. So I had to redo all my research about a half an hour before we started recording. Well, maybe if we weren't such good friends, I wouldn't know what you were thinking. Uh, that could be it. I mean, we're like we're like Seth and Evan. We That's got the, true. They got that symmetry thing going on. I, I would carry you to save you from the police. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm pretty big fella. <laughs> <laughs> it'd probably be me carrying you either way <laughs> i know if i did if i did try that i'd be fucking winded like 15 seconds into doing it oh well, i mean so was seth so yeah i would have been that that fella did that yeah and put my hands on my knees um well the the research that i have uh screenwriters were seth rogan and evan goldberg they wrote this movie when they were 13 years old they did it to I mean, see, you, see if they could you write can a tell movie. At some, in some points, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did it to see if they could write a movie, and uh, they based the characters on uh, themselves. I could see that. Yeah. And I guess apparently uh, this movie had been in development since the, I think the mid 90s. It had been sitting on the shelf for a while, and Seth Rogen was supposed to play the Seth character at one point, but he kind of got to be too old, so. They eventually cast Joan Hill when they finally decided to make it. Makes sense. This movie uses the word fuck 176 times, and the movie itself is only 113 minutes. Now, Lucas, I know we're recording this kind of late. I don't know, you know, your brain function, if you're sharp as a tack or, you know, incredibly dull and tired, but uh, math-wise, that's an average of 1.6 fucks a minute. So that's about that's about what I average too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my normal day to day conversations. Yeah, job interviews when you're speaking to your son. <laughs> if only were that weren't true. <laughs> um, yeah, Seth or uh, Jonah Hill says uh, the word eighty four times just by himself. Which yeah, like it's impressive. When they said eighty four, I was like, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. I thought I thought this story was uh, pretty funny. Uh, the dick drawings that are prominent in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, they were drawn by Evan Goldberg's brother David, and I guess uh, they underwent a lot of scrutiny at Sony. Uh, each one of them had to get approved by their legal team. <laughs> each dick. Yeah, and I guess apparently I think this was on the uh, the running or the the director's commentary you can find on DVDs, which I wish they would do that with the digital movies a lot more. I'd probably revisit a lot of these a lot more, but uh, apparently they'd get uh, some feedback on some of them, such as the dick is too veiny or it's too big. <laughs> so is this why this movie is on the cock? That could be. I mean, it's per- it makes perfect sense. And I'm actually, on the cock. I'm actually, I might go check it out as soon as we're done here. Um, when you watch stuff on... Uh, Peacock, they'll have like a, a photograph of the movie you're getting ready to watch. Yeah. I wonder if they'll have those pictures on there. <laughs> and then the uh, last one that I have is uh, this is Eminem's favorite movie, The Rapper. Uh, it's even referenced in a couple of his songs, Brainless and Ballin' Uncontrollably, which and that's a problem you have, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you see me right now. I'm wearing this awesome fucking wife beater with my uh hamburger meat hanging out here uh yep that is like that fucking guy from uh that old uh adult swim car oh aqua teen hunger force yeah (laughs) yeah my brother kind of reminds me of him too except he doesn't wear (laughs) flip-flops um but that's all i got since you stole all the good ones lucas what do you have all right let me uh pull out all the good ones that russ had here uh, this is Emma Stone's first movie. Yeah. Um, I had seen she had done a couple of um, like sit- or, uh, TV shows. 
And she had auditioned for a couple of big movies and didn't get them. But yeah, this is her first movie, which I thought was kind of strange. Uh, Also, if she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. She would. Um, Judd Apatow, in an interview with Cinema Blend, said he always wanted to do a sequel to Superbad, but I couldn't convince anybody. The actors, no one was Superbad, thought we should do another Superbad. But I wanted to do a Superbad in college desperately, but no one would listen to me. That actually, yeah, that would have... I'm not for a lot of comedy sequels because a lot of times they don't work. Case in point, the uh, the Hangover 2 and 3 are not very good. I don't think Anchorman 2, I mean, it has its moments, but I don't think it's as good as the first one. I just don't think, for the most part, comedy sequels work because it's essentially a rehash of the first movie, but it's normally like in a different setting. Right. But I, I would have watched Superbad too. Well, I think with comedies, it's kind of like a flash in the pan. You know, those jokes hit at that moment. But, you know, you try to, even if you try to modernize something, it doesn't necessarily work out the same way. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably missing some, like, comedy sequels that are pretty good. Like, I know the Jump Street, 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street, I think is that one is on par with the first one. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I mean, that's like a recent one that I can think of. I'm sure I'm missing some, but for the most part, comedy sequels don't work. But I would, yeah. Uh, well, I like I like the Naked Gun sequels. Yeah, those they're are, not as good, but they're still good. Yeah, they're pretty solid. They could have even done a sequel to Super Bad, where it was just uh, Hater and uh, Rogan's characters too. I would have fuck. I would have paid to see that movie. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah. Well, we'll get to them a little bit later. Um, Christopher Mintz Plossy landed the McLovin role because Jonah Hill hated him so much. So when they first met, um, Jonah Hill said that he couldn't get a word in edgewise because uh, Christopher Mintz Plossy was so – what's the word that he used that I read? Well, um, from what I seen, he said that he was walking over his lines – uh, I didn't see that part, but I, I'm sure that happened too. But he was he was really good at improv, and he wouldn't let Jonah Hill really talk at all, even when they weren't filming. Mm-hmm. So he fucking hated him when they first met. Yeah, the the thing that I had was, uh, I guess during the audition, uh, Plossy was walking like over Seth Rogen's lines, was basically like he was like kind of overpowering whatever. Jonah Hill was trying to say, but they, the producers pulled Jonah Hill aside and like, hey, okay, if this is true, point it out. And I guess Jonah Hill couldn't think of a single, like he couldn't point out a single instance where he was doing that. And they said, so actually, it made, it made the scenes better. Yeah. Well, I, this is not part of my notes, but I did see that they kept rolling uh, even after they were supposed to stop. Because a lot and a lot of the stuff in this is improv, mm-hmm. um, just because some of the funniest moments that they captured were just when the cameras weren't supposed to be rolling. Yeah, uh, I think for instance when they were looking at the porn at the beginning. Oh yeah, funny story about saying. that last night. Uh, <laughs> we were watching that last night, and my ten-year-old son comes walking through the living room <laughs> right when that happens. Nice. And he just like he just looks like us. What are you guys watching? And just walks right back into his. <laughs> That's perfect. And we're just like, uh, son, one... don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's not what you think. Uh, the last one I have is uh, Plossy had to have his mom on set because during this he was actually the I believe he was the only underage. Yeah, he was seventeen. Everyone movie. else was eighteen or older. Uh, he had to have his mom on set, even for the scene where he was having sex in the bedroom upstairs. Yeah, I th- I think I read an interview where he says that they've never spoken about that, <laughs> not even once, which I would not be, like, I would be the same way, like, there would be no way to hell I could talk about that with my mom. That would be so fucking awkward. Oh, yeah, I was like, uh Especially the part where he's like, I got a boner. And then you could just feel your mom's eyes on you, like, ugh. Yeah, or he's just like, oh, it's in. <laughs> I'd have been fucking creeped out. Like, I uh, wouldn't yeah. have been able to perform. Like, can you, 
like she can be here, but can she behind like be like behind like that glass wall or? Can, can she sign a waiver that says that she was here, but she really wasn't? Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, good stuff, Lucas. Good stuff. I mean, I know it's good stuff this time because it's the same shit I had written down. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. Hey, no problem, man. Glad to help. Um, the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, now, this is one of the categories. Uh, Joey, who su- has been suggesting we do this, uh, he sent me a message the other day, and he chimed in with uh, his favorites as well and a few of these, so I'm going to read his off as well, too. So, But, Lucas, I'll let you lead off. Uh, what's your uh, favorite scene of Superbad? My favorite scene is where um, Seth is dancing with the girl, and she leaves the period blood stain on his leg. Uh, that I don't know why it's gross and it's hilarious all at the same time. And then right after that, there's the big fight at the party where, where they're telling him like, Hey, I, th- I think they were calling it. Was it Lucas's brother? Uh huh. Hold him down, hold him down so we can beat the shit out of him. That just cracked me. That line cracked me up. That, the whole party scene is actually really good. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. Cause it has the, what, if our Halloween parties would have been bigger. I imagine this is exactly what it would have fucking been like. Yeah, I mean, I even love that scene where uh, Evan goes into the bedroom to call Becca, and then those guys come in to do drugs, and they ask him <laughs> to sing the song. Every time, every time he starts singing that, it just cracks me up. And that guy's just doing that, like, lines of coke, just coked out of his fucking mind, just eating it up and starting to go in tears. I just love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my favorite scene. Um, Joey... Uh, his favorite scene in the movie is the home economics rant. Uh, basically the scene where it's early in the movie where uh, they're in home ec and Seth Rogen, or I don't know why I keep calling him Seth Rogen, uh, Jonah Hill's character has no uh, partner. And then he just goes into that rant about uh, being, like, he has to wash or rinse and dry. He's a single mom and just goes on this tirade about how home ec is just, like a shitty class for an easy A, which is how I felt too. I love how this, this, I'm sorry, no offense. This is just bullshit. Sorry, I don't mean to swear. I don't mean to to tear down your career. (laughs) But I mean, he's right though. I mean, let's be real. Like I was like, when I seen I had home act, like this is going to be an easy A. Yeah. And I had never seen what tiramisu looked like until this movie. Uh, the one that uh, Evan and I forget his partner's name they make that thing looked really good. All the little Asian kid that he turns into a cat. Yeah, that was rude. Yeah, I thought there was. was I thought that was like a kiss for that kid. I thought that was a kiss reference at first. I thought he was talking about uh Peter Chris, but yeah, that tiramisu looked fucking awesome though. <laughs> and then I don't know what uh, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill were making. But that thing looked. Fucking awful. It looked like they had just crumbled up a bunch of those uh, Keebler Elf EL fudge cookies. It's like, <laughs> but they probably still got an A. Yeah. Um, that was my runner-up for best scene in the movie. I really enjoy that scene because that also introduces everyone to McLovin. Uh, I really enjoy that. But my favorite scene is when uh, Seth goes into the grocery store with the intent of stealing the liquor. And he starts having those daydreams of different scenarios that can happen. And I love the fucking interaction with the old woman. <laughs> yeah. Go, what does it say? Go fuck whatever yeah. her name is. At, uh, uh, well, first off, uh, he says, do you need help with your groceries? And she, go, she says, oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> and then she says, would you like me to buy you some alcohol? And he goes, oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> I think I used that for like a good solid year after that movie come out. And then at, as she's leaving, uh, Jonah Hill says, uh, enjoy the rest of your years. And then she goes, good luck fucking Jules. <laughs> yeah, that's her name, Jules. <laughs> enjoy fucking Jules. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know what one where the the fucking security guard launches that bottle and hits her head like, Oh, you killed that old lady. And then he comes over and cuts his throat. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. And even before that, uh, where he goes to buy the, the alcohol and the cashier asks how old he is. And he's a 22 goes, well, good enough for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he hands him an $80 bill. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> your total's $80. And he gives him the $80 bill. He goes, here you go, sir. I was like, that, that whole scene is just hysterical. But it was, it's hard to choose, like, a funny scene in this movie because there's a ton of them in there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what what would be your choice? Uh, I think I want to go with your scene because I, to be honest with you, when I was thinking about this, because I typically I write my notes as I'm watching, but I couldn't at the time. So I think, I think I'm going to go with your scene. Yeah. That is pretty, that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. I, I do like the party scene though. I, I have to, that whole scene with like that girl dancing on him and leaves the blood on his pants. That, that's still, that's so gross to think about. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it also gets bonus points for uh, Michael Sarah singing These Eyes, which I guess apparently is played in the cop car later on in the movie. They're listening oh, to that radio. Yeah, I seen like I I didn't hear it and see it in the movie, but uh, it was when I was researching it. I guess apparently they play that song later on in the movie in the cop car. <laughs> That's genius. Um, the I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough. Award for the worst or most unnecessary scene in the movie. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. I couldn't really think of anything. Because everything, it's like, it's either, it's a setup for like a funny scene or even the more serious stuff is to kind of set the tone for Seth and Evan's relationship as friends, so... Um, I was sitting here, I didn't write one down, but I was sitting here thinking about it. Um, I don't know if it's just the, we're, we're basing this all, we have the unrated version, not the theatrical. Right. So I don't, I don't know if it was just the unrated version, but when they're questioning the cashier after McLovin gets punched in the face, I thought that was kind of long and drawn out. Not really that funny. Actually the, there's a scene or a line in that movie. I didn't remember the theatrical version, but I I think it was just part of the unrated version. Is when <laughs> they talk about they uh, they're talking about McLovin's name, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they say uh, Bill Hader's character saying something about they busted a prostitute whose name was Fuck. Oh, it was just <laughs> and it was spelled with a PH. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that scene was pretty funny too. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that scene was a, a a touch unnecessary. You don't really need it outside. Just I guess it's to let Hater and Rogan riff a little bit. Yeah, and which I, I don't. I didn't have a problem necessarily with it. I just thought it was a little long. Mm. That, that's my only like. It's a very nitpicky complaint. Yeah, usually the the worst or most unnecessary scene in the movie is usually just us being bitchy about it. Just, just me, uh, just me going on a little tyrant. Yeah. Tyrant, tirade. Tirade. There you go. I don't know. A what tyrant is someone fucking... who rules with it. I'm a tyrant on this show. <laughs> tirade is where you go on a rant. All right, cool. It's All 1130 right. at night. I'm with, with kids. This is super late for me. Yeah. Oh, Hey dude, I get it too, man. Uh, this is probably, people are going to listen to this. Like, man, that's a, that's a fucking mess. I don't. I don't understand why they even put that out. Can't they do that in the morning? Um, nope. nope. Can't. Scheduling conflicts will not allow it. Um, the Dylan, you son of a bitch, award for the best line of the movie. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Uh, my personal nominee is. Uh, it's from Evan. He goes, Fogle, shut the fuck up and take off that vest. You look like Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I think, didn't Seth say that, though? Uh, he, he makes a, another mention of a Disney movie, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, uh, no, you're right. Yeah, Evan says that, but Seth says not Yeah, you're right. I get the, it's kind of weird because it's Seth Rogen and the, lead character's name is Seth. I have fucking me up. I have probably called Jonah Hill Seth a couple was like Seth Rogan a couple times in this episode already and just never paid attention because I'm just confused too. If we were doing like Moneyball or 
21 Jump Street, I'd have no problem calling him Jonah Hill, but the fact that Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill are both in this movie, I'm probably going to trip it up at least once more. But he looks like him. Yeah, too. he does a little bit. Um, is that, is that, do you have any other nominees? Uh, I, it, it was tough to narrow it down. I could probably rattle off 10 or 15 good ones. Like, I also like the lube line, too. <laughs> oh, your four-inch cock. Thank you for getting lube. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I didn't think I could handle your four-inch dick without all this lube. <laughs> <laughs> and then he throws it. Yeah. I like that that line, too. And, uh, yeah, just there's so much good stuff in here. Like, it's hard to narrow it down to one. I, I'm probably... You'll probably have something better than I did, but I, that line, that Aladdin line, cracks me up. Also, the the line in the grocery store with like, uh, "Good luck, fucking jewels." I like that too. But <laughs> there's just something funny about old people saying shit like that. Yeah, just somebody. Yeah, yeah, just despicable, like vile stuff like that too. Uh, but what is yours? Uh, so I have two nominees: um, McLovin. And everybody said this after them. I remember everybody saying this for a while. Chicka, chicka, yeah. That was actually, I think that was one of the uh, the sound bites that uh, producer Adam and I were going to use for the McLovin Award was that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I think I think there's a little more to it. I think he goes, chicka, chicka, yeah. Chicka, chicka, fake ID. Yeah. Something like that. But just those three words alone, everybody remembers that. And then uh, um, when Seth and Evan are talking and they see a girl that graduated the year before, they're talking about uh, how she got a breast reduction. And Seth calls it, he says something about it being a slap in the face of God. And uh, Evan says something about how it was hurting her back. Well, right before they go over, like, they got to go take a peek. Because <laughs> so I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. And they dead sprint <laughs> towards <laughs> <off running. Yeah. laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Oh, man, that's one of those moments where I laughed out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the, the line that uh, Evan says, like, when they're talking about McLovin's fake ID. And he says, Mc, McLovin, what are you, an Irish R&B singer? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. One fucking name. Oh, man. That that seems pretty good, too. But uh, I don't know. What wins this one? Oh, man. You got to pick this one. I don't know. Uh, I'll give it to the warlock scene just because, like, I love what happens right after that. They just, <laughs> they they have to go see them, so they just fucking sprint in that direction. Tell me you don't know some people that would do that shit, too. I know, I could tell you at least three people that I knew growing up that would fucking do this. Oh, dude, I do, too. Like, I probably know a couple people that would do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, now they would be one of those things where, like, five seconds after running, like, God, give me a minute. <laughs> and also, our you know our significant other standing there while we're we're like, we gotta go catch a glimpse of these warlocks. <laughs> Fucking like Ric Flair chop us as soon as we take off running. Yeah, I I personally think mine would be like, all right, I just how far is he gonna get before he starts complaining <laughs> his chest hurts? Did he grab his inhaler? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, he's out of breath. He's sitting down. He's done. Yeah, we do, we'll give it to the warlocks. I like that line too. So <laughs> that's so funny. Um, the McLovin Award for the best supporting performance of the movie. I am McLovin. Now, before you and I dig into this a little bit, uh, Joey has nominated Christopher Mintz Plossy as McLovin, which. I think that most people would think that that was probably the easy winner because we named the award after him. And mm-hmm. it, McLovin's a very iconic character from this century. Like, from this era of comedies, he's probably, when you think of any character from this movie, he's going to be the first one you think of. Right. Um, however, you and I both discussed this, and I think there's a very strong case for our nominees. That is correct. So I will let you uh, rattle off who you got 
for your uh, nominee or nominees for the McLovin? So I have Bill Hader and Seth Rogen as the officers. Mm -hmm. Just because I think, for one, that mustache, I also had that mustache not too long ago that Seth Rogen was rocking in this movie. Yeah, why didn't you keep that? I don't know. I look a lot younger than how I am now. I look like I was like... 55 with that fucking handlebar. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I could have no facial hair and look as old as I do with facial hair. So, <laughs> uh, I just think that their chemistry together in this movie also reminded me of you and I mm-hmm. when we used to be at work just fucking bullshitting and talking shit. And fucking off. <laughs> and not doing like anything we're supposed to, but yet shit got done anyways. That's true. But, yeah, they just – they were – without them, I don't think this movie is as good either. Yeah, I actually had both of them down too. Uh, I think that their their scenes, especially with McLovin, are probably the the best scenes of the movie really. <clears throat> like I love the, uh, the scene in the grocery store parking lot where they uh, they start doing the cannonballs and then like Bill Hader loses control of his car. And, like, I don't know, like, they're they're kind of like the cops that, like, you hope you end up, like, if you were to get, like, pulled over, like, you kind of hope that they're the ones because they're probably going to fuck it up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the two of them are really good together. I think Bill Hader is probably one of the most underrated comedic actors, like, in the industry right now. Like, why that guy's not a bigger star than he is, is blows my mind. That's a good point. Yeah, he he's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And everything he really does. Yeah, and he's on that show Barry now on HBO that's really good. I just finished that up not too long ago where he plays the hit man and gets into acting school. Yeah, I think he got some pretty good recognition for that, but he's still not like an A-lister. Yeah, and I like you said, the chemistry that him and Rogan have together is phenomenal. And I, I think that I don't think they work as well without the other. No, I don't think those parts. I don't, and these are easily throwaway parts. Really, I mean, you could have just put anybody in there and like focused it on McLovin getting through the night. But I, I think the fact that they got these two guys and like they make it their own, and they're really good, and like you kind of hope that they, you get more of them. Like I said, like I would be okay with a Slater and Michaels standalone movie, or fuck it, like a. Put like make a a Netflix show, yeah. Like, limited like six or seven episode Netflix show with just the two of them, and I'd fucking where, watch it every week. Where you have like a special appearance from Plossy, where he, with McLovin in there, where he's like <laughs> hanging out with him for one episode or something. I think you could get anybody. For, you can probably get everybody except for, maybe Emma Stone's too big of a star at this point, uh, and jo- Jonah Hill. I don't know. Jonah Hill is like. He's kind of losing it, like, uh, like, uh, fuck, oh man, I can't think of his name now. He's weird. He's got bleach blonde hair. He's like all tatted up. Nothing wrong with that, but just I don't know. Like he just seems to be very peculiar. He's kind of lost his shit a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You might be able to get him on it. I don't know, but like, fuck, give me more Slater and Michaels. And I think that's, like, the definition of a, a good character. And, like, when I watched it last night, I didn't really – I probably started caring a little less about what happened with McLovin because I think, honestly, after the fake ID stuff, he starts to lose a little steam. Yeah, he is a little bit of a throwaway. Whereas, like, when you see them, you kind of want more. And even, like, I don't think McLovin adds anything to their dynamic. I think, if anything, they add more to the McLovin character make his stuff better because he's in it. That, so. Yeah. so, yeah, I'm totally fine giving it to Hater and Rogan. Isn't that funny how McLovin doesn't even win his own award? Well, I mean, he's still an iconic character. And like I, I said at the, all, the beginning of this that he's probably, like, the one character that you will always remember from this movie. Yeah. He's a... He's beyond just a a popular character in the movie. He's kind of a pop culture icon from that time, too. Yeah, that's true. There's the Dan Patrick show. They had one of their 
the members of the show, his nickname was McLovin, and he looked nothing like <laughs> McLovin. And we used to work with a kid that we called McLovin too, if you remember. He was that kid that worked with us. He was a uh, he was only there for the holiday season. He told us that he knew the uh, what's the the martial art that they teach the Israeli Mossad. Kav McGraw. Yeah, he said he knew that brand of martial art, and I think he said told somebody that he could like crack or like damage your windpipe with like two of his fingers or something. Is that the one that ended up going to the hospital and being like a cleaning guy? I, I don't know if that was him or not. Is he the one that he had like 17 different nicknames? We had McNugget. No, that's not him. The the one oh, that we okay. thought that looked like George McFly. Yeah. No, that's not him. It was another kid. He didn't even work with us. He worked in the store, but not. I don't think he worked in the same department as us. Fuck, man. We worked with so many people over the years. I can't even remember. Right. Um, Joey, I hate to break this to you, but your nominee's not winning this. Uh, we're giving this to Hater and Michael or Hater and Rogan, though. Yeah, you're actually that's uh, you're 0 for two now, sir. Well, he's 0 for three because his scene didn't win either. His line didn't oh, win. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, but hey, you know what? He contributed to the show, even though he d- declined coming on, which he could have easily done. Man. This is the greatest podcast that he's ever heard. So Yeah. Well, I appreciate that compliment. I'm pretty sure it's the only podcast he's heard because if this is the greatest one he's done, <clears throat> I I like to see I, what well, we're up against. I, don't know. I just made that up. I said that we're the greatest podcast in the world. Well, we, we appreciate your support, Joey. And we're doing we this for you. Um the Eric Stoltz Award. For the performer that you would recast, there's nobody in this. I'd, this movie's cast pretty perfectly. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even write that category down because I didn't even think of anything. Well, what I always do is I have all of our categories together and I paste them onto the the show notes, so it usually ends up on there anyways. Um, unsolved mysteries of the movie. Do you have any? Joint. Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. The only thing I have is, uh, what do you think a sequel would look like? I think it would have to be uh, Seth and Evan in college. And it'd have to be one of those things where, like, Evan gets kicked out of Dartmouth, so he has to, he ends up going to the same school that Seth is going to. Because mm. that, that <laughs> was a big... something like he gets kicked out because of McLovin, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that, yeah. Because, like, it could be something like the scene at the party at Jules's party when McLovin gets carted off or carried out and he's calling them pigs and stuff and mm-hmm. looking like a badass like that somehow gets back to Dartmouth and they kick them both out and then they end up going to the same school that Seth is going to did we just write the sequel I think we did nice although I I'm like I, I said it twice now I'm all the way down for the fucking Slater and Michaels movie or True. show i would fucking watch that in a heartbeat. I, I don't think uh, the sequel that we just wrote just now, though, would uh, compare to Meth Gators. No. No, that wouldn't. Uh, the uh, we When we were toying around with what kind of show we were going to do, we discussed writing a, uh, a movie where meth, a meth Gator uh, battles a, uh, a variety of different creatures, kind of like our a hibbly take on Godzilla. Perfect. I think I think it would have evolved with uh, some past politicians too. Well, I think the the, the climax would have been uh, Meth Gator versus Sharknado, <laughs> and Tara Reed would have definitely been in it. Oh yeah, Tara Reed, the fucking Steve from Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and I don't know some D list celebrities, maybe the Insane Clown Posse. Ooh, Juggalos. Um, but uh, I never thought Juggalos would make it into our fucking show. But hey, here we are. It's eleven forty-five at night. At this point, you and I might end up painting our faces as Juggalos before the show's over. Uh, I I don't have Fago, so I guess Diet Dr Pepper will have to do. But <laughs> trunk full of Fago, car full of fat chicks. 
All right, that's, that's enough of the insane clown posse stuff. <laughs> you have just crossed a line that I don't want to ever. <laughs> I never want to cross again. Uh, um, yeah, I, I. That's a good question. Uh, I think it'd have to be them in college. Yeah. Or them. No, I, I actually, I was thinking about it. That wouldn't work either. Like I was thinking, like them out of school, like they've got their own families, and like their kids become friends. But well, no, I, I don't think it works. If it were now, then you could do that. Yeah, I, I don't think it would work as well though. I think it'd have to be them in college. But that, that ship has sailed. I don't think you can do that now. No. Um, I don't really have anything either outside of like I was curious to see uh if uh Jules and Seth and Becca and Evan, you know, how they were they just like a summertime thing or did it amount to anything further than that? Seth probably got a hand job and Becca and Evan uh worked out for like the first year of college or something and then ended up being like road trip. No. Oh. <laughs> that's a that's an underrated two thousands comedy too. I fucking love Road Trip. I love that movie. That's why I threw that reference in there. Yeah. Uh yeah, I could totally see that. I, I don't think uh Seth and Jules last. I just think they're that dynamic just doesn't seem like it would work out. Uh, well, one of them is Abraham Lincoln. And the other one's a weird, weird blonde-haired guy who has weight has fluctuated very strangely. Yes. Uh, I that that's the only mystery I had is whether they they ended up together. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh. I I mean I would be curious too to see what happens to uh Hater and Rogan's characters too. <laughs> Do they get fired for being shitty cops? Yeah. I maybe. Maybe. And just made me think of another great line from the movies when he's talking about his first marriage and she <laughs> <laughs> it was something like she there was group sex that night and I wasn't a part of it. <laughs> but she was incredible. <laughs> she was actually a whore and I met her in this bar <laughs> alright the last category of the movie is the I'm the king of the world award for who wins the movie so I'm the king of the world Lucas who do you think wins this movie Um. so I didn't originally write anything down as you saw when I sent you the notes but as we were sitting here talking and as I was doing a little bit more research before we started uh, to me, it's Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow absolutely slayed like these type of movies, especially with Seth Rogen in them. And um, he, the only reason that this movie came out was because he fought so hard to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were, before this movie was even filmed or anything, he was calling himself the producer of Superbad. I read that in one of the uh, mm-hmm. research notes. So, um, to me, it's Judd Apatow just because of the, just the style of comedy. I mean, he had this, he had Knocked Up, he had, gosh, help me out, what else? He had a bunch. Uh, since uh, he was either a director, writer, producer, he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, knocked, knocked Up, movie. The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, man, that movie's awesome. Uh, super Bad. He did Walk Hard. Um, yeah. Now, I gave Walk Hard another chance, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was hysterical the second time I'd seen it. I'll have to give it another shot. Yeah, like I, I remember. Didn't you go see it in the movies with me? Yeah, I did. And I, I remember you and I walked out there not liking it, but I watched it again about a year ago. thought it was fucking hilarious. So, yeah, definitely give it another shot. I think it's well worth it. Oh, God damn, what else has he done? I know he did The King of Staten Island not too long ago. He did Funny People. Uh, God, what else has he done? He well, did, I mean, well, he did just, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, that was a great television show on NBC that never really got a chance. But a lot of the same people. Oh, he did uh, Pineapple Express, too. I think he produced that one. So, I mean, uh, to me, just him getting this movie out 
you know, using his position in Hollywood to almost force us through because he believed in it so much. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes Judd Apatow win this movie. That's a good call. Good call. Um, I nominated uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. It's a good nomination. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, for this movie to work, the two leads have to have pretty good chemistry, and I think the two, these two, like, they act like they're best friends. I could see them being best friends. Yeah, I just think that they work so well off one another, and, like, the dynamic is completely different. I mean, I've, I think I've, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've, I know I've complained to you that I think Michael Sarah is a very one-note actor. He plays the same note. It's kind of like the nervous, twitchy, dork kid. He's done it mm-hmm. well. He's made a good career out of it, but that's essentially what he does. Right. But I think it works well as a counterbalance to Jonah Hill's brash, loudmouth Seth character. And I, I just think that, like I've said with you know Rogan and Hader's characters, those two those were throwaway parts and they could have not had someone be good and it would have been okay. But I think for this movie to work that the two leads have to work well together. And I think these two work incredibly well together. And I mean, I think that's what makes super bad. So good. It just, and the fact that it's not just funny, like they, like we said, like they, they truly capture the best friends aspect of it and like you know there's some heartfelt moments in this movie and like you believe that like Seth's character's legitimately hurt because he's moving in with Fogel at Dartmouth right and like the scene like you said it was kind of a little unnecessary to hug your best friend and tell him that he loved him but I mean we've all been there where we've had a little bit too much to drink and apparently I have yeah specifically (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when you were too sweet, the Dr. Pepper pirate. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you can make a case for uh, Seth Rogen, too, because he wrote the movie as a 13-year-old kid. Him and Yeah, Evan Goldberg. They have a legitimate case, too, being so young. Uh, I think uh, the teen comedy, like, this is the the last great teen comedy. I mean, there's been a couple, like, Book Smart's really good. And then there's The Age of 17. It's really good. But I think the last iconic teen comedy is this one. I'll just have to agree with you on that one because, you know, you're like the human IMDb, and I don't remember. Oh, Book Smart's really good. You should check it out. It was uh, Olivia Wilde did it a couple years ago. Okay. But There's uh, a lot of movies I need to check out. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why we do this show is to maybe – Talk, for me, it's talk about the movies I like. Talk to the people that may have never seen these. Like maybe somebody will check out Super Bad that hasn't seen it because they heard our show. I mean, it's definitely if we're doing a movie on here, more than likely you should check it out because just this is our own opinion, but they're good. You know, mm-hmm. we do this because we think the movies are good. Yeah, whether it's a bad good movie or a good good movie, so. Right. but uh, So who are we giving the award to? Gosh, this is a tough one. Fuck it, let's just give it to everybody. There we go. Jonah Hill, you get an award. Michael Sarah, you get an award. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Judd Apatow, y'all get awards. Joey Mitch. Joey Mitch, you get an award too. The first lady of Couch Potato Podcast, Jen, because she couldn't be on there, you get the award too. Fuck it, everybody's getting it. Anyone that listens to this episode, you're getting an award too. Fuck it, y'all win the movie this time. I shouldn't have said that I, that Joey wins an award because now he's gonna want me to fucking print something out or something, give him an award. Just give Not him a fu- just give him the no. fucking gold star that they give the kids at like elementary school. Like <laughs> you said, ABC. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I think it's I, I. I'm trying to think. My son got one in uh, preschool. It says you're a shining star. It's just a gigantic gold star. Just give him one of them. <laughs> you could probably print it off the internet for free in color. <laughs> all right well before we wrap this up lucas do you have anything you want to add uh i more than likely will not be on the next episode i will be out of town um so russ it'll either be you solo or with a special guest lucas is sitting in the fucking airport man you don't need to announce your departure okay 
I, I think yeah. every, I think people that follow this show on a normal basis realize that you're about due to skip out on an episode anyways. <laughs> hey, you know, people might miss me. It's unlikely, but it I was just, I haven't gotten any feedback saying that yet. That's rude. <laughs> All right. I need to start talking. <laughs> I need to be heard. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have me. All right. Well, that's, uh, I don't have anything to add. So, uh, that's going to wrap up uh, this week. Uh, so we will talk with you guys later. And that does it for this week's episode. We hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you once again for spending just a little bit of your time with us. We do appreciate every single one of you. Coming up next week, I'm not sure what we got in store just yet. I do know Lucas won't be on next week's episode. So all you Lucas fans out there, I do apologize. But... We will have a very special guest in the house. Uh, Not sure what we're doing just yet, but be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to find out all the details for the upcoming episode. So until next week, cheers, everybody.